I'm David Humphrey, and this is Sound and Vision on WPS1 Art Radio. My guest today is Deborah Cass in the radiant afterglow of her solo show at Paul Kasman's Gallery at the Armory. And we're going to go straight to her first cut. She's going to lip sync. You're not going to be able to see her, but uh, she'll be here. You can imagine her um, letting this song speak for her. I'm just a Broadway baby Walking off my tired feet Pounding 42nd Street To be in a show
Welcome, Deb Cass. A pleasure. So, you did time as a Warhol lip syncer, I guess, a um, <laughs> doing covers of 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 Andy semi reverent ones. Are you, is that behind you? Are you still doing that? Well, I sort of keep the option open if I get a good idea, and definitely if I get a commission. Portraits. Portraits are always available. Uh, so, but I've you know moved on. I haven't had a good idea since 2000, so I figure it must be over by now. Well, song, song lyrics, right, are a great uh, mine. Yes, they have certainly become that. And uh, my new work started with Broadway lyrics, thus the Broadway baby. Is there a painting that goes with that? Um, no, actually, there isn't. This is from um, the Follies concert in 1985, and that was Elaine Stritch. And this was a great cast with uh, Carol Burnett. And um, Barbara Cook, every queen in the world has it. It's great. Uh, And no, this one is not still here, on the other hand, is. But this is such a great performance. It's a classic. So I wanted to start with that. Was it part of your youth? Did you? Not at all. Uh, Well, actually, could you rephrase that question before I interrupt you again? Was was Broadway um, something, was a big part of your youth? Did your family go? Well, the music was, and really it was a sideline to jazz, which we're going to get to in this, which was really um, how I grew up listening to serious jazz. But um, in the 50s and 60s, Broadway, if you grew up in a suburb, your parents went, and the, the, the cast albums were always around, and they were definitely, but I got like the bug at about 12, I guess. Well, I think of your paintings as seriously brassy. They they play to the back row, just like Elaine Stritch. Well, what do we? Um, what can we look forward to here? All right. Well, are we going to go cut by cut, or should I? Let's give it. Let's uh, let's hear a few in a row. Okay. Well, because they're all completely different than that. Um, but what I did do by mistake or inadvertently, not by mistake, is almost every one of these things is a live performance. And so that is the thing that holds them together, <clears throat> aside from my own very strange um, free association. So, um, the, and that was from the 80s. I have something from sort of four decades. The next is Laura Nero live at the Fillmore East in uh, m- uh, May 1971. Were you, were you around for that? No, I was in college, but I was around, I think it was 68 or 9 for her Carnegie Hall performance, which was really historic. Maybe one of her last. Well, I think this might have been one of her. I mean, this this was like three years later, so I don't exactly know when she kind of packed it all up and moved to Gloucester. But this would be one of her last. It was, the I think, the last thing at the Fillmore East, though. I think it closed immediately after this. So this is um, the next one. Well, let's, let's, um, let's do it one in. at a time. Okay, let's do it that way. Let's go yep. In. Hey! 
Deb, I think in some ways you turn fandom into a form of politics. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. Because I think who you identify with defines you. And that is political. And it seems as though you've been able to exercise your, your fan character in your work forever. Yeah, I guess I have. Because I'm a big fan of lots of things, like post-war painting. It's, I guess, a, a kind of a devotional practice with some deviance. With a lot of deviance, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. David, you have a way with words, my dear. Well, you do too. We, um, we have fun teaching together, don't we? We do. We are <laughs> definitely. Um, Want to talk about the next? Yeah. But- okay, maybe we should play it. Well, no, we don't have to play it. We're moving to the 60s, 10 years before Laura. And, of course, I couldn't do this without Barbara Streisand. And so I put her together with – I mean, I didn't. But I have this clip from the Judy Garland show that's also fairly well-known. But to actually hear it without seeing the video reminds everybody the, the, the glory of Judy 
and the glory of Barbara, of their voices and the amazing instruments. And they do this fantastic thing together. And I guess Barbara was 19 when she did this, and Judy was probably 42-ish. And it was uh, – it's a, I think you can start it. It's from the Judy Garland Show. your trouble happy day come on get happy i hear again a sky is above a clear shout hallelujah so let's sing a song come on get happy cheer again happy days are here again the sun is This is Sound and Vision on WPS1 Art Radio. I'm David Humphrey with guest Deborah Cass. Big personalities singing there. Older, younger. Doesn't it give you the chills? It does. I can't believe she was 19. 19. Unless she was 20. I forgot to check the exact date, but I'm pretty sure she was 19. Um, Okay, we're going to move to the next. Let's do it. Okay, the next is the only unlive recording. Although I guess she was alive when she recorded it. It's Billy um, from 1957. And we can hit it. Lady Day. We 
wish I'd forget you But you're here to stay It seems I met you When my love went away Now every day I stop by Saying to you Good morning, Holly What's new? still a chair Even when there's no one sitting there But a chair is not a house And a house is not a home When there's no one there To hold you tight And no one there You can kiss Good night A room still a room Even when there's nothing there but gloom
Such an emotional ride. Do you listen to this while you paint? <laughs> yeah, I do. Keeps you. Actually, you know what the truth is? I listen to Air America all day long. And, you know, I'm so obsessed with what's been going on in the world for the last three years since Air America's been on. I actually listen to that all day. I have to stop myself and put some music on because that used to be what I listened to. And it's really important for my work. And I, 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 you know, I mean, it really was what I used to do till the, the overwhelming horribleness of the political situation took over and Air America started. So they provide. Yeah. But Dion I, provides feelings. Well, that, so does Air America. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all very emotional for me, obviously. But um, but it's also great female voice, and what could be better? Well, you've uh, you've crafted a sisterhood there. Definitely, definitely. There's more of more of them. I think I wish I could do this with my life, but I actually can't sing at all. But I don't think there's anything as thrilling as the female voice. So um, I guess we're going to go out with the absence of the female voice, and we're going to go with the presence of truly greatness, which is um, Monk and Coltrane at Carnegie Hall, 1957, another live performance, that uh, I guess the importance of this for me is this is how I grew up. I mean, this is the music I heard, and this, these are the musicians I recognized very early on and really formed my idea about greatness. I feel like your newest paintings have a post-war jazziness there's a there's a sort of abstract punchy innovative quality that uh, I think is reflected in this music definitely and I think that you know it's absolutely at this point uh, nostalgia for the hope of post-war America because I think 
we're all feeling so powerless and next to hopeless. And it all looks so good now, looking back. And I guess I'm looking forward to the new, the proto, I feel like we're in the proto post-war, the next post-war era. Oh, well, yeah, but, you know, I mean, look, the the election was a start, but these, you know, we're, we're, we're in it deep now, and I don't expect it's going to get better before it gets a lot worse. And um, I think the post-war thing, I mean, when we grew up, I don't think we were aware of how lucky we were to live with that optimism. And even in the 60s, which, you know, is a big part of the this music we're listening to, um, when we were all so changing the world and stopping the war and all the rights movements, it was still part of post-war optimism to think we could make that change. And I think that uh, we need hope again. And in some ways, uh, jazz avant-garde of that era mm-hmm. was riding the crest of that wave. Well, think about the painting, think about the music, think about all the innovation between 46 and 68, 70. Think about the intense innovation in painting, the intense innovation in music. Bebop, all this stuff comes from then. Billy at her height, 57, although that's when she died too, but... Um, remarkable recordings, remarkable jazz, remarkable stuff on Broadway, you know, all the classics, the po- you know, all the great classic Broadway shows that I am quite sure will be in repertory the same way opera is now. I think in another 10 years, this stuff is, there's going to start being repertory companies of the great classic post-war shows. And it's all part and parcel to me. I see it all as really equal and really all about the same wondrousness that this country seemed to be about then. Well, shall we consider this this last song an anthem for for that sentiment? I think "Nutty" is a great anthem. So, uh, who? What is the? Um, who's playing in this? It's um, John. It's the Thelonious Monk Quartet with John Coltrane.
I'm David Humphrey. This was Sound and Vision on WPS1 Art Radio with guest Deborah Cass. Thank you, Deb.